0: You can't win anything with kids. I will love it if we beat
1: them. Love it. How much are the players looking forward to Arsen Wenger arriving? <laughs>
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Phoenix Five Show. Today, we'll be talking about our footballing idols. As we know, the 90s and noughties were hemorrhaged with world class talent in every position. So it's very easy to adore the world-class talent displayed in the Premier League, Serie A, World Cups, etc. But does that make them an idol? But more importantly, does that make them your personal idol? So today we're going to be talking about our footballing idols. So who, why and what makes them special to us? The great thing about this episode is that all of us guys haven't discussed or mentioned any hint of a player that we may have adored back in the day. So it's a new thing for us, and even a surprise to some of us, who we're going to be talking about. So let's get into it, okay? So let's start with the intros today. Um, as you can, uh regular listeners will realize David Graham's hosting. So we've got the Phoenix for today. Adam Miller can't come yet again, even though this was his subject. So today we're joined by David Holland, Lee Harper, and Paul McGraw. How are you doing, guys? Good, thank you. Evening. Hello, mate. All right, boys. So um so basically, the episode is, as you know, we're going to start discussing four positions of our idol, starting with the goalkeeper, defence, midfielder, and striker. So it was Miller's idea, but because he's not here, I think I'll start with Dave. Um, so before you give me your goalkeeper, Dave, um, give us your interpretation of an idol. What would you say a football, a footballing idol is to you, mate? It's
1: got to be someone that makes you want to play the game or want to play in their position. You know, um, I was a right back, as we all know, I was the school right back, the one and only, the number one, the best right back in West London at that time. Um, someone, you know, the only time anyone ever got in ahead of me is when I was injured. Um, we know this, Graham, don't we? And then, um, you know, I probably still got in with my cast on. You know what I mean? I was that good. <laughs> um oh,
2: yeah, it's good for you. But,
1: uh, yeah, so it's, it's someone who, who makes you want to play. You don't. When I lived on an estate, and you know, like, it was like, you know, I can always remember the scalache, and you'd hit the bar, and it'd be a bar made out of a scaffold pole, and stuff mm. like that. You know, like or the, you'd watch a game in the World Cup, and then you'd go out. Someone would score a screamer, and you'd go out and you'd, out, and you'd pretend to be that player. So that, that's that's what it, that's what it is. Well, I would say personal idol is. That's
2: a great analysis. Um, so yeah, Dave started off very well there, mate. Well done. So we're going to start with goalkeepers. So your footballing idol as a goalkeeper, if you had to choose one, would be who, mate?
1: <laughs> it's going to be a little bit Arsenal heavy for me, isn't it? Because the only goalkeeper I really watched was old Spunky, um, Mr David Seaman. When I became the best right back, I had a stint in goal. And I um, I had his, uh, his, his uh, David Seaman's Arsenal goalkeeper shirt, the black the grey one with the black star. In the, yeah. in the centre With JVC I actually had that top um, I probably played in goal About three times And that was that But someone nicked it From Bromyard The bastards <laughs> <laughs> These random kids Come over and Started playing football With us And he went I'll go and go And whoever went And go out to Wear the shirt Didn't he And wear the glo- take the gloves I had to And then he just Walked off with it And I never noticed Until he'd gone Okay Devote My dad went back To Bromyard Looking for him And everything it was raging <laughs> He must have <laughs> Probably spent His whole week's wage On it like. But um, yeah, going back to it. Yeah, for me, it's it's, it's different. Uh, goalkeepers wasn't really a thing for me. Like, mm. uh, you know, you know, none of us were, were really goalkeepers. But the one that I I would say was was
2: David Seaman for obvious reasons. Okay, before we get into Bates and start talking about key elements of them players, um, Lee, who was your goalkeeper. I'd wish you had to pick one back in the day, mate. Or even now, whatever consensus you're going with, mate.
3: Well, um pretty much what Dave Holland said, obviously. Uh, when I grew up playing football in the school team and went on just to play for local sides, I was always like a forward. I actually played in defense for when I was like under 13s and that, but I always wanted to play a striker, so goalkeepers weren't really my idols. Um, but as Dave said, like obviously, when you used to go, go over the scrubs and that, you'd play World Cup with your mates and then you had to have a stint in goal because no one really, really wanted to go in goal. So when you use your stint, you used to, like, just name a keeper. So it would probably be Dave Seaman um, okay. as well. Um, but also, like, the goalkeepers growing up, like, Jose Chilovert, um used to take, like, free kicks, pennies. And another goalkeeper that springs to mind is the older... Rennie Higar, is his name Higar, the Colombian who done the old scorpion kick for England.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> yeah, Higart. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like things, goalkeepers like that that had a, like their own person because what well, we've done an interview with Kevin Pressman and he said like that goalkeepers are pretty much fucked up. Mm. So they all had their own like personality and stuff. Yeah. So I kind of like goalkeepers that had a bit of a personality, not just like a bore ache. <laughs>
2: Okay. Paul, your goalkeeper nodded, if you had to pick one from back in the day, with if like, as I said to Lee, but um pre um, previous or uh, present, mate?
0: Uh you know, I wouldn't say idle personally for a goalkeeper. Um because I didn't really look at goalkeepers in the back of the day, really. So it's a difficult one because it's not not one that I would probably say. Um obviously there's you know Schmeichel was an influence if you're gonna look at goalkeepers, then in terms of, you, if you're building a, a, a perfect goalkeeper to, to model on in style of football and personality, then you've got someone like, you know, Bruce Grobbler or David James in terms of, you know, a bit of a character. So for me, probably it would be Schmeichel based on playing for United, like the red nose and the the outstanding saves he would make and the leadership that he showed. So yeah, I wouldn't say idol because I, I don't really have any idols in, in, in sort of goalkeeping positions. So. Yeah, I'd say Schmeichel out of, if I had the pick, it would be Schmeichel.
2: Hmm. Lovely. You've actually taken the words out of my mouth for my pick well. So before we start discussing each other's um, goalkeepers, you said Bruce Grobler there, and that's my pick, Paul. Um, I've, the reason I've chose Bruce Grobler is because I based mine on literally when I was football mad back in those very early days, very early 90s, just after the Italian ninety when football was starting to be a thing. And as you say, you mentioned characters there, Paul, and that's what he was. He wasn't just a character, Bruce Grobler. It was, um, was a household name, wasn't he? Mm. Was he a world-class goalkeeper? No, he wasn't. But he was eccentric. He was a bad boy on and off the pitch. And he, as well, he with his tash and his ponytail, He's one of those guys, he was a head-turner, wasn't he? So when he went in goal back in the early days, none of us played goalkeeper. Let's be, let's have it right. None of us played goalkeeper, where we played on a Sunday league or when we played at school. But when I went in goal, if I had to go in goal, rush goalkeeper. If I was going to imitate anybody, it would be Bruce Gobeloff. So it's boost gobbler for me. So yeah, let's go back to Lee and Dave. We both picked David Seaman. So um let's stop you, Dave. Back to you. David Seaman. So um let's ask you a couple of questions on him. Back in the day, what made him stand out for you? And who would you say he was compared to, or nowadays, who's compared to David Seaman?
1: Uh, I don't think anyone is compared to David. I don't think any goalkeeper from when he's been in England number one has been better than him for me. I don't I don't think you know we've had good England goalkeepers. I've I, don't, I think I think he's up there with one of the best from that England have had, and I, I don't think anyone could be compared to him at, at this time. I don't know if if, if anyone else agrees with that. Um, yeah, and obviously he, he played for the team I supported, so it was easy for me to to. I'd just say idolise him, but it's easy for me to to like him and remember him. And he had a ponytail and a moustache, which is a is a madness, but. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to yeah, being compared to someone, I don't. Uh, if if we're going but we had, we've had Paul Robinson in goal for England, Ian Walker, um, we've had Pickford. I think I think Seaman's better than all them. I don't mm. think I don't think that the goalkeepers come in since Seaman have been better than him for England. I don't know if you boys agree.
3: At the moment, at this present moment, you can't deny that Pickford has been pretty good for England. His club career is not great. He makes a few rickets for Everton, but for England, he's pretty solid.
1: Would you? Yeah. Would you? If you had to pick between no, if I had to right pick right now who are you picking?
3: Yeah. No, I would. I would go with Seaman. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. I, I agree with you. I think he, he is he was a world class shot stopper. Um,
1: he had a mistake in him as well, though. I mean, he, yeah, you know, I know he, well, yeah. he was murdered for getting
3: logged. Well, that's true. That's keepers, isn't it? Like you're just like that's you always judged on the mistakes, not on the five or six saves that you make in the game. That's the only thing with a keeper. You're either like penny shootouts, you're either well, you can never really be, you can only ever be the hero, I suppose.
2: Mm, yeah. All goalkeepers make mistakes. No, you're, you're rightly definitely. All goalkeepers. Oh, the world class, if you name world-class goalkeepers from any age and up to present day, they've all made mistakes, all made rickets, whatever position they play. But um what it's like the questions that we had, what what actually made David Seaman stand out for you as an idol back in the Back in the in the, in the nineties and nineties, what what separated him from the rest of the goalkeepers, mate?
3: Um, he shot stopping. Like I think he was brilliant. Like I'll never forget the save he made, like uh, against Paul Pesca Salido when like the ball was literally behind him and he somehow
2: scooped it
3: out, didn't he? I remember that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Things like that. Obviously, there are situations where he got lobbed by Naim, Ronaldinho. But...
1: Ronaldinho was a cross man. I
3: don't care what yeah, anyone does. That was a cross. I don't think he meant that at all. Yeah, but it's like, it's one of them ones, isn't it? As a goalkeeper, like if, imagine if like Ronaldinho played it over and Seaman like was too far back and say Ronaldo got in, like R9 got in and scored, then they'd be moaning at him saying, well, why was, he, why was he on his line? He wasn't on his line. He gets lobbed by like probably a cross. And then they're saying, well, why
2: weren't he on his line? And like he can't really win. And Paul, um, your Shi Michael, are you are you going with the consensus of the same sort of points Dave and Lee are making, you know, or have you've you got a different sort of analogy to your um I know you didn't say he was an idol, but somebody you'd look up to as a goalkeeper would be Pete michael What's your thoughts on him? I mean, how would how did he stand out from the rest and who would he comp- be compared to in the past, maybe, or even to this present day?
0: Well, I think you put also about guarding goal, you know, playing rush goalkeeper or, or um World Cup, you know, when you go in, it would be I had the goal guy funny enough, I, I when I I had the goalkeeper jersey, Schmeichel's goalkeeper jersey, with the the name at the back. When I used to get playing goal with Paul Wills and a few other people back in the day, and you know that
3: must have cost a few quid, Michael.
0: <laughs> yeah, they weren't cheap. hell. Okay, now um, Ollie Moody from Shrewsbury Market. But no, I think I've said before, you know, about Schmeichel and other episodes. So I'm not going to go on about it too much. He just, I think at the time of goalkeepers, he he, he stood out. I think, between the Seaman, it's, it's you know. Very thin line between the, who's the better goalkeeper. Both very excellent in their time. have Very good defenders in front of them. Good shot stoppers. Equally open to a lob, um, like Seaman. Um, but I think that's because goalkeepers come out a bit more back in the day and would rush out and, and make themselves big, which opened them up for a lob. Whereas now I've won goalkeepers tend to, they don't seem to make themselves big. They try and use their feet and stay on their line a bit more. Uh, can you compare them to now? I, mm, no, not really. I, I think all the goalkeepers now, as football's evolved, Goal, you know, the whole being slightly wacky or slightly different. I think that's gone from the goalkeeping uh, portfolio these days.
3: This day and age, what's your your guys' opinions? Do you think those those free keepers can play football like the likes of Allison Edison? Because no. they're pretty much like a sweeper now, goalkeepers.
0: No, that's why they, that's why like, the hair gets criticised because he can't can't use his feet as well as the other players now because it's but expected again the goalkeeping. Of today, the evolution of the goalkeeper is you've got to be able to use both feet and distribute. That's what
3: them. I mean, but I can't I can't see Schmeichel or see no. doing what those what the keepers do now.
2: No, they never had I to. No, this is the thing. If they had but, to, maybe they could. I, I think they had uh, the ability; they would have been able to. We don't know because we haven't seen it. So I don't. That's my I, take, it, it? I don't think they could have had the football
0: ability, but equally, I don't think the goalkeepers are as good as the goalkeepers. Yeah, so uh, I think yeah,
3: a shot stopping. I think they were better in the nineties. Say for example. Yeah. Uh, but not technically great with their feet. But now I think the role uh, is like re- reversed, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I would say the same with that. I would, I would say if you look at goalkeepers now, um, but the ball's changed a hell of a lot as well since that period. It's, it moves a hell of a lot more than it did in, in the early 90s. Um, so
3: did is the it... say that that they've designed a the ball, like, so, so it moves, so it makes like...
2: Yeah, the aerodynamics in the ball have changed. So you, you can think of the most shittest player in the Premier League, whatever area you want and they could score a screamer, and because the aerodynamics of the ball moves X amount of inches more than the old Adidas Tango or White Delta that we used to play with, makes them look a fantastic player. So the technology mm. in football has changed so much. That's mm. right, he did say that, yeah. So yeah, anybody's like, got... It's
1: almost like when, you, almost like Go when you got a flyaway ball from Happy Shopper, <laughs> it, for a couple of quid, and it used to, he used to kick it and it's used to fly through the air at all different angles, <laughs> and you think, you think you're a world-beater, but you just you went Happy Shopper and got the cheapest ball.
2: <laughs> but can I ask you guys as well? Because we're talking about idols, you guys have mentioned Seaman and um, Shemichel, and I've mentioned Gobbler. Now, Bruce Grobbler, he won league titles, he won the European Cup as well. But, um, he was never a world class goalkeeper, he was he made some eccentric saves, he made a lot of mistakes as well. But I just want to ask you guys whoever want to start, are you basing your goalkeepers on idols itself, as in head turners, or are you just basing them on being a world class goalkeeper? I mean. A goalkeeper, Bruce Gobbler, turned my head as to say, I noticed him. His personality, his, as I keep repeating, his eccentric, um, his eccentric personality, his character. He was controversial. Do you know what I mean? Are you guys basing yours on your ability or, or anything else? You know, it's, it's difficult because when you, again, as I
0: said at the beginning, unless you're a goalkeeper, it's very rare anyone who's not a goalkeeper is going to have a goalkeeper's idol. When you're watching as a kid. You're not, unless you, you're focused on being a goalkeeper, it's not something you're looking at in a game, really. You're not going on a pitch and going right on a game goal and be a goalkeeper. You, you might have gone in goal, as you all said, with rush keeper and all the other stuff. Mm. But so that's why I said, I think choosing a goalkeeper or a position that you're not, and, and it's very rare you have four or five idols in the same sport. You normally have one idol, you know, and that's the person that you aspire to be on the pitch. So, you know, if you're a defender, you might choose someone <coughs> that's in that position. So when, when you said an idol as a goalkeeper, I said, I can't really choose an idol. because There was no one I would go, oh, I looked up to him and he was, you know, someone I wanted to be on the pitch. As I said, if I winning into goal, that's who you'd emulate because he's the club that I supported. Mm. So I'm not based on anything apart from just someone that I would watch. You know, I used to enjoy watching Brad Friedel as an example, as I have a goalkeeper mm. as I got older. There you I go enjoy watching, uh, you know, Shay Given, uh, Shaka Hislop. So as you get older, you might understand <laughs> more and you like watching different okay. abilities. But as I said, the, the characteristics, I mean, Bartes was shocking for United as a goalkeeper, but he was entertaining, uh, you know, having a flag before the game, you know, just being weird and, and coming out and doing crazy things. So again, not idle. Memorable is more, what I would say, the most memorable goalkeepers it would be Schmeichel, it would be Bartes, would be. Okay.
2: Did they reach their potential? David Seaman. Did he reach his potential? Yes or no? If not, why not?
0: Yeah, no, he did. I, I, I don't
1: know anyone that said that's got anything to say that he wasn't world class. Surely. Um. I don't know what he could have done better. You know, we've we've highlighted the mistakes, but goalkeepers make mistakes, and every time they make a mistake, it's nine times out of ten it costs a goal. So they're in a bit of a position where their mistakes are costly, but. No, no, no I, would say, I would say you know when you when you've got Seaman in goal, you were pretty happy. Mm. So, um, no, I, I don't see how he how any better he could have got. I think he, you know, I think he found his his his, uh, his limit, and he, he, I think he reached his potential. Lee, would you agree with that? Seems you picked Seaman as
2: well.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that, hundred uh, um, percent. I, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, I, I did. I thought that we wasn't naming a player. As for our old team, so I've written down. Um, obviously, being a QBR fan, and I, I used to go quite a lot of the games. Um, he wasn't a he wasn't um, an idol as much, but I actually enjoyed watching. Like uh, I liked Jurgen Sommer in golf for QBR. Hmm. I don't know if you guys remember him.
2: Yeah, he was, it was uh, American, wasn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah, he was American. Like, yeah, he, he, he like. I look. i've looked, like done some fact file on him like he he was born in like new york he was massive like six foot five yeah uh, he was he was a good keeper for rangers the
2: choice to gobble our thing we, we, we can't really start comparing world class because he will come bottom of the pack um for being a character i think he might he might top it in my opinion but we could we could sit here talking about there were three goalkeepers all day long of their you know their characters how he was what sort of saves they pulled off but as we say, it's a personal thing. So let's move on to the defenders then. When we was at school, uh, me and Dave, we played in the same position as, as he's sort of filled us in that he was the best right back in West London. Apart from year 10, he, he doesn't mention that, but we'll get on to me and Dave in a bit. But I'll go to Paul. Let's start with defenders then. So you haven't got a, an idol as such as a goalkeeper, but when he was at school... Um, Maybe the lads might want to chip in with this. I don't remember what position you played. So let's start with defender. Were you a defender, Paul? And what defender did you idolise? Come on. <laughs> he didn't play any position.
1: No, he, he can idolise the ref. Because that was all he did. And hold our bags
0: while we played. <laughs> I didn't show to the games. I was at Holland's mum's house. So I used to just, <laughs> when she sneaks off, I used to go see Karen at a burger van. She used to pop up at the, at the side of her van. And then I used to give her a quick one from behind it. And then used to come back onto the pitch. But that was uh, but just so we know
1: my mum is a regular listener to
0: this, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll carry on with that. You know your dad's not. At least we know that, don't we? So um, yeah, my, dad, my dad's mutton, so he can't hear nothing. So you're <laughs> now you're, you're taking liberties now. <laughs> well, Paul McGrath would be someone I would, would say, in terms of enjoyed watching and just so yeah, fantastic to watch. But in, in his his prime and very limited time, he's at Man United. It would be Yap Stam. Um, if I ever could idolise a, a, a footballer of just pure class that I've seen, it would be, yeah, um, technically very good, very dominating. Uh, when I used to go on the pitch, I used to play defence uh, centre-back if I could. I wasn't very <laughs> good at it. But I there. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I, he was someone that you just, just if something about him, he's a brilliant player to watch. So he would
2: be someone that I would, would definitely choose mm. to, to look up to and uh, speak to. Again, what made him stand out for you with Paul in the 90s have all the other defenders that you've um, idolised? Obviously, you picked Yapstam, fantastic, world-class defender, solid. But what made him stand out for you? I mean, you had so you had, United support and you had so many other great centre-backs and defenders. Don't forget your right-backs and your left-backs. What was Yapstam, head and shoulders above the rest, for you to say, he's the best for me? I remember being in school. I remember when we signed him. I remember in the dinner hall, Lee Harper
0: going, oh, Yapstam's shit. And he kept saying because he had a rocky couple of first games and it was coming against Michael Owen and I said tonight you'll see the real yap I said it'll, it'll bump Owen out the game and it was the, the game that we won and Michael Owen didn't get a sniff every time he tried to run he just cut him off at corners mm. and that was the first game that I saw and I said that that is the defender that we signed because I used to obviously didn't have YouTube and things back then but I used to get the Man United fanzine magazine Um, And we were linked to him and a guy called, I think it was uh, uh, something Silva from uh, Corinthians at the time. And we signed Yap. I I don't think there's any defenders. If you look at him, there's not many defenders that look like him at the time. Uh, Mm. And I I think he's one of those defenders that you just, if you're up against him, you'd be scared from the minute you got in the tunnel because he's just that imposing. So for me, he had everything as a a, a defender. And Ferguson's let a lot of players go in, in his career. And there's only one that he's he's come out publicly and said that he made a mistake on. And that was Yap, you know, letting him go that that early. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then just to, just finally, the the day that Yapstam had Michael Owen in his pocket, Lee Harper slated him the mark before. Can you explain to us that day at school, the next day, what Le, what you said or Lee Harper said to you when uh, he found out that Yapstam uh, was better than what you? He's shit, man. And I was like, well, he had him in his pocket. Yeah, but he's shit, isn't he? Well, before me and Dave have our little battle about our right back position, I'm guessing Dave's gone right back. I've no idea because you haven't discussed it. Lee, you've you played football funny enough yesterday, and uh, the man at the moment, Adam Miller, whose subject this is, isn't here, um, took a two photos came and watched yesterday. You were playing, was it playing centre back yesterday? So you've dropped into the to the defensive position. So that's a great place to start. Who was your defensive midfield um, your defensive idol, should I say, back in the 90s, present, or whenever, mate?
3: Well, what I've done in each position, I've picked an idol and I've picked a personal favourite. Uh, personal favourite being the team that I support and the idol being one that I used to like, watch used to think was world class, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the, idol, uh, the the one I looked up to when I was a kid and thought he was mustard was Tony Adams. Um, like, he, he played his whole career at Arsenal 22 years. Captain in like 14 years of them. He won three league titles. Um, they used to call him Mr. Arsenal, I think. Is that right, Dave? You're probably no bit yeah, more. About that. Um yeah, he, he pretty much won everything at club level. Like he was leader. Uh he was well, he was the best defender in the Premier League for me in the 90s. Um Going to my personal choice, who I used to watch week in, week out, was Alan McDonald. Um, I used to love him at Rangers. I used to think he'd just give everything, he'd give us all. Like, he never left, he'd give everything out on the pitch. He never left anything. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, he wasn't the quickest, um, but he put his heart on the line. Like You know what I mean? It looked like everyone respected him as a as a player, yeah. as a captain. Everyone looked up to Adam McDonald. Um, I'm sure like, you keep your listeners will agree with me on that. That I used to go and watch the games in the 90s. So they were my two picks, i.e. like McDonald being my personal favourite and Adams being my idol, watching him in World Cups, Euro 96, etc.
2: Okay. Um, the Adams thing, I think most of our listeners and all we do, we, we know Adams was was one of the best, probably, centre backs the Premier League's ever produced. But going back to the McDonald thing, which intrigues me more, um, do you think he could have played at a higher level, Lee? I mean, I saw Alec McDonald X amount of times as well, and I thought it was half decent. Do you think he would have, he could have gone to, I just expect the QPR because they were a top London club in the early 90s. Obviously, they got relegated mid 90s. Do you think he could have stepped back up to the Premier League and done a decent job for maybe, I don't know, Southampton, Coventry, or even higher? I
3: don't know, man, because uh, if, he was he was never blessed with pace, and I think in the late nineties you had people like Thierry Henry coming on the scene and mm. like Burkamp and I just I think I just got to think what they would do to him. Like, yeah,
0: Tony Adam, <laughs> Adams
3: weren't fast. <laughs> what? Well, no, well he wasn't fast, but he was fucking he was five yards in like in his head, like. But that's what he's asking you. Do you think so? Yeah, you... well I don't know. I I don't think Adam McDonald could. All right, fair enough. enough.
0: Okay.
3: Not the Premier League, and like not, not as it, when we're not after we got relegated. Like maybe like in, the, in his like beginning when he was a bit younger, but when he was getting old, like as he got older, and I think the Premier League was just evolving. He was just getting quicker. Mm. I think that's the one thing about football now. If you look at like from the nineties to now, bloody hell, there's there's a massive transition in, in my opinion. Do
0: you think the football now is yeah. faster than it is in the nineties? I don't. Yeah, think. definitely. I think everyone's playing high press now. Right, like, look at Liverpool today, like yeah, but it were it, 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 Years ago, end to end, back and forth. It was, it was, it was. I think it was. I think that the, the technicality of football has got faster and better in terms of that. But I don't think the games are necessarily faster than they were in like the, you know. Know the United yeah. Arsenal games back in the nineties. It was, it was end to end. It was, it was less tactical and more just. You know, r- wingers were fu- you know running down the wings, and I think individual players might be faster because they're more athletic. But I don't I, personally. I don't think the game is faster now than it was then I might be wrong. Just my, my How opinion. would you know you never played a game of football? Who didn't? Me? Who? Where did you, you play? all over the world but played none. Uh, was did Wenger play football? Did Jose play football? Oh well
1: you compare you you compare yourself to the Wenger are you? So
0: well, well, because he crap. I want to compare myself to an
1: average manager. Right. Christ.
2: Jesus. Don't cut the assist is brilliant. Okay. Because <laughs> all right right so he, let's move on to him. he was Lee Dixon.
0: Honestly, he played about four games for the school only because he was Miller's mate. Anyway, he hey, yeah.
1: I was going to say, Lee Dixon, shut up. It hasn't come to me yet.
2: You know what Dave says on your, on WhatsApp, leave it to the pod. So, OK, let's, me and Dave have our say now because we were both right footers. We were both out and out right backs, maybe right wingers as well. So, Dave, I think Paul's dropped you in it to an extent. So, go on. Who was your, who was your defensive idol back in the day? And explain why, mate.
1: Um, well, everyone knows my defensive idol is Paolo Maldini. I absolutely love the guy. I've waxed lyrical. I'm using old Graham's lyrics here. I waxed lyrical for about the last few weeks about that guy. For me, greatest defender ever. Um, Never be beaten. Just just the out-and-out best defender ever. But he's not the reason I started playing football. The bloke who Paul's just thrown in, uh, Mr. Lee Dixon. One, because it was the team I support. And this will be the last Arsenal player I mentioned, by the way, before someone gets at me about that. Um... Yeah, no, Lee Dixon, I was a junior gunner, and every year you get to pick a player who would give you a signed uh, like signed postcard thing. Every year I got Lee Dixon, which is what, and he is the, he is the reason why I was the best right-back in West London. I used to watch him all the time, I used to do, do everything he'd done, and I and then, uh, that, uh, for me, I was just a fantastic player like he was. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm putting it down to him. Um, he might watch me play and think, bloody hell, oh, I'm not taking any credit for that, but um. Yeah, for me,
0: uh, Lee Dixon was the reason I started wanting to be a right back. When uh, you watch Lee Dixon, Dave, did you watch him on slow motion? Because when you move, you move like a tanker. So is that, did you watch him on, you know, before you, you could step by step, frame by frame? Is that how you watched him? Paul,
1: Paul, we wouldn't be able to see you move. Because all you did was stand on the touchline holding our boot bags like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's but uh, Lee, uh, Lee, 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 Lee Dixon was the reason I got. I wanted to be right back. He was the one that I watched on number two. I've always wanted every team I played for was number two. I took that shirt, and then uh, and it was all down to uh, down to him. I thought so oh, he was a great right back. Of all, of all footballers, is he your mm. actual idol? No, he's not. But like, I don't okay. see the thing is I don't really idolise anyone. I'm you know I, I you know, but um, as a right back, yeah, it's always
2: been him. It always been him. To me, it's a head turner. When you're a child, there are certain players. I mean, you watch x amount of games, you get uh, your magazines, don't you? You watch highlights on telly, you get any sort of football information you can at the time. But there's certain players that do turn your head, thinking, "I want to be like him. I want to play like him. I want to do exactly what he does." And what you've said there about Dixon is is bang on. Now, my my idol for in, in the right back position as well, excuse me, was an Emerson Lee Dixon, especially for England. Now, I. This involves actually uh, Paul and Lee as well, because this guy played for both your clubs and my club. I never saw him at QPR, but what I learned him about him at QPR makes him even more fantastic. I mean, he's probably the most smallest football I've ever seen in my life, and he plays centre-back at QPR, recognised by Bobby Robson at England and put in a right-back position, not even his natural position. For me, my idol back in the 90s, who I wanted to be, well, not wanting to be, but if I pretended to be when I was playing, was, was QPR Manchester United player Paul Parker. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was a model pro. He was a workhorse. He was solid. I'd love to see more Paul Parkers in the game in this day and age. I mean, for England, you had Paul Parker was quite dominant in the 90s. And then from when Taylor took over from um, Robson, you had Rob Jones coming through, Mitch Miller's mentioned in the past, and Gary Stevens from Glasgow Rangers were still knocking about. But it was a bit of a battle between Jones, Parker, and um, Dixon. All fantastic right-backs. But Paul Parker, to me, I never saw him at QPR, but he was recognised at QPR. Did he peak at QPR? I think maybe he did because when he went to United, Paul might be able to correct me, he seemed to have a lot of injuries but he did win trophies at United. But for work for work ethic, down that right-hand side, I mean, Dave, me and you didn't play at any level, let's be fair. We both played at right-back as kids. We fought over the right-back position when we was at school. He's for me, help. Paul Parker, he never stopped. A bit like Lee Dixon, I think they're slightly kindred spirits. Would you would you agree? I just, t- I just think Paul Parker was slightly better for me. What, what's your opinion on Paul Parker, mate?
1: I I don't feel like Paul Parker gets spoke about enough, to be honest with you. Paul Parker's mm. a great shout, and he was he, he is everything that you described. I I totally agree, I totally agree, and it's almost like he, no one ever even knows he exists now. No one ever yeah. really speaks about him now, and I think that I think that undervalues what the player he was.
3: Right, the right back I remember who was, he played for England as well, who, who I thought was a quality right back was David Bardsley. He's really the only right back I remember.
2: Mm. However, I remember, I remember well, as but I, I don't know. I, I saw both of them. I don't. I wouldn't put David Barsley. Barsley Bar- 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 was good. Don't get me wrong. You might, but I, I don't think I'd say he was in the same class, if that's the right word, as, as Dixon and Parker. Would you agree? No, or no, no. I, I, know.
3: Know. I would agree. I would agree. Well, that, well, that's why. That's why Paul Parker went to Man United, and mm. and Dixon was at Arsenal, and David hmm. Barsley was at way uh- I mean It up? was, yeah. yeah.
2: Paul. So that's- is
0: the reason, but Your but...
2: opinions on Paul Parker and Lee Dixon, mate. Anything
0: to add? I think Lee Dixon's average, um, Paul Parker was a decent player, injured at United back in his career, for, mm. for most of his career. I mean, I think he only played about 100 games for United in the end. And then Thank obviously, the league, yeah, the game started changing slightly, and then obviously Gary Neville started coming up. Uh, and then, Where did he go after? Was it, did he go back to Fulham in
2: the end? No, he went was, to Chelsea, didn't he? He had to cut the yeah. game to Chelsea and he went back to Fulham. Yeah. yeah. But I think he won two yeah. Premier Leagues at United, didn't he? You know. C- yeah, cups, I I don't, yeah, He won two Premier Leagues.
0: Good player. I mean, I, I don't think he's anything special. But again, it's, if it's personal idol, so we can't say well, that's wrong or even argue it. If, if that's what you should look for in a player, and that's what you aspire to be, then that's 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 what, what that's what footballers are there to do. They're there to inspire and to be well, idol. When you say
3: about Paul Parker, sorry to interv- uh, after, he left Man yeah, United, after he left Man United, after he left Man United, he made twenty-one appearances in. Like three years, injury pone, yeah. So, like after he left Man United, he played. He went to Derby. He had four games there. Then he went to Sheffield United. Had ten games there. Went to Fulham. Had three games. Went to Chelsea. Mm. Had four games. That was it. End of career. Yeah.
2: Before we move on to midfielders, so we've got two centre backs and two right backs. Without me putting my peneth in, so we've got Adam Stam, Parker and Dixon. Out, of you three guys, pick a right back. I debate you'd be like. Debate between yourselves, because I, I love the debates. Pick a right-back and pick a centre-back. If he was picking a picking a dream team or something, you know. Go on, let's stop with you, Dave.
1: Uh, he's two. He's uh, Adams shits all over Stam.
0: So, um... <laughs> now. What? No,
2: come on, this is... It's good Come but You've
0: got to respond Vince to Lee. it. What do you mean? Adams was a great defender, don't get me wrong, but he, he was nowhere near technically as good as Stam. It wasn't as good as the... It, it, no, it, 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 don't get me wrong. Both very good defenders. Adams was classed. I'm not saying he weren't classed, but don't but be. You, saying but you, you're,
3: you're just agreeing. You're just saying Stam because you're Man United, and he's saying <laughs> Arsenal, and he's saying Arsenal uh, Adams because he's Arsenal.
0: That's not the argument. He said he he, he shits over, over Stam. That's being silly. I'm not saying he won a great defender. I'm not saying he's better than Stam or worse. But but that's like comparing. If you said Maguire, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, he shits over Maguire, absolutely. But don't be saying silly things like that. That's just being silly, really, isn't it?
2: It's,
0: it's not like, silly's in there. Maybe
1: it's, it's a it bad question. Like, but um, listen, Adams Adams is better was better than Stam. Oh, right, maybe I, the shit's all over is, is strong in it. But if I'm picking a team, uh, if I'm picking one of Stam or Adams, Adams is getting in.
3: As the right backs go, if I had to pick a right back, I'd probably go Gary Neville. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, about the
1: chat about the two. Yeah, don't throw his name in. We could have an episode without mentioning him. <laughs> oh, we're him today. If someone mentions gigs and a midfielder, we're just going to go off.
3: Yeah, well, I, I thought Lee Dixon he wasn't world well class. I thought he was He was a good right back. Same no, no, just
2: him. in the place that we mentioned. That's all I meant,
3: mate. I never thought he was world class. I thought he a
2: personal idol.
3: Well, I picked Neva, I picked Dave Barzley. How about that? All
2: right, that's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> It'll be great pick so far. It's okay. Instead of me waffling on, let's move on to the midfielders. Establish what position you like to play as a child, Paul. Forget Dave Holland's piss taking and whatnot. But when you was a child, what position did you like to play? And then move on to your midfield order, mate.
1: Paul walked into Paul walked. Sorry, Paul walked into his mum one day and said, "Mum, I'd love to play position
0: as a sub." And he went, "Don't worry, you will."
2: <laughs> okay, now your mum.
0: Okay. Me, your mum told me I'd always play in midfield. So you know. Yeah, but did you play well in midfield? I'll have to ask. Her. <laughs> to be honest, I've always been honest about this. And, I, you know, I'm not one of them players. I went on to do some coaching that was fairly... Oh, silly. here we go. But in, in no, but playing, I've I, I always admitted this. I, was, I wasn't good enough physically to to play in a, a position. But when I used to play at the rubber <laughs> or uh, anywhere to play, it would be central midfield would be my idle position. Um, and just jumping in and just taking people out as much as I could, you know. And it was people like... And I'm going to say two names, and obviously Miller's not here, but people like Dennis Wise, Vinny Jones, Roy Keane, those players that were just dogs in the midfield. Paul Ince. Paul Ince again, yeah. You know, David Batty. Uh, that, I like the competitive, competitive midfielder. Um, obviously, I think Roy Keane is technically better than all of them. And as a leader, I don't think there's many captains that can be rival for him in terms of p- pure, you know, if David Holland might say fear, as he said in the past, but whatever it would be, leadership qualities. Yeah, you might want to say that back in this day and age, you'll probably maybe be perceived as that, fair enough. But in that day, it was a different era. It was more known yeah. as the men's game in floating quotations. Yeah, yeah, but as a player, I, I don't, yeah, I, every time he got on the pitch, he, he wanted to win. And it didn't matter why, what, what calls he did that. Um, and when I used to play, you know, with a lot bigger, older, stronger people, I would just try and take people out. You know, that that was it. And when you pick them up and standing on them, on their feet with your studs and, you know, pulling them by their armpits and things like that, I mean, this is things that Miller would, would have said as well. Uh, yeah, I, as an idol, I had a king at the back of my shirt. I would watch him in, in awe. I'd post him on my bedroom wall. You know, it, it just... There was something about... He had a magnetism about him that when you watched him play, it was just... It was like watching someone in the army, you know, just a, a colonel in the army... Just get everyone on the same side, and when you mm. watch standards dropped, he would pick you up. I don't think there's anyone that you could be more inspired by, by as a midfielder at that time, and mm. um, for in terms of leadership, for what he brought to the table, and um, standards. Was he the best technical player in midfield ahead of other players? No, but I think he was technically underrated, and we've we've gone over about Keenan in, in past episodes. Um, so Keane would be my number one choice absolutely I think in terms of an idol
2: Fantastic point, I, I agree as you guys know, maybe the listeners I'm, I'm, I'm on your page as well with the Roy Keane loving, um, would you be have been a key player in any other league in the world at that time, yeah. so obviously yeah. we're looking at maybe Serie A, um, probably the best yeah. league in the world at that time um, maybe um, La Liga would you have been a major influence Paul do you reckon? Paul Wintz went into and Wins- done very well and Roy Keane is a better player than Paul Wintz so he would have mm. gone to any
0: team in, in, in Italy and would have dominated. He would have gone to any team in Spain and would have dominated. Would he have got more red cards? Yeah, probably. Um, would he have had to adapt 100%. Yeah, probably. Could have he have adapted his game? Don't know. Um, because what you got is what you've got. Um, at that time in the league and the tackles and the style of play, it was the perfect league for him to be in. Um, so, yeah, I think he could ad- I think he was... Listen, quality is quality at the end of the day. And, and you you, you could put someone like him in any team. If, if you could ask me if someone like David Batty or someone like that um, could have gone to another league uh, or Vinnie Jones or Dennis Wise and had a similar influence they may have had in England, the answer would be no, because I don't think they were technically anywhere near as good as uh, Roy Keane. So I think they would struggle. They would probably do all right, but they wouldn't be at a top club. They might have been at a, a, a Bari or someone like, that, like David Platt, you know, <laughs> a club like that. Um, they wouldn't have been at one of the elite clubs, come sniffing around yeah. personally. Okay.
2: So, uh, jump on to Lee Harper, Lee. Um, at school, I, I always remember you as, correct me if I'm wrong, as sort of a number 10 role. You was a midfielder behind the two strikers. Good going forward, lazy going back. Are you basing your midfielder on that sort of position, mate, or are you going to surprise it with something completely different?
3: Well, yeah, again, I'll, I've picked two. Um, I've picked an idol and then i picked a, a club player. For, um, so, my idol would have, grown up, uh, can't really look further Than Zinedine Zidane For me Um He joined Juventus In like 1996 um, And yeah That's when like Euros The Euros were on then and, and That's when I really remember him Then I was I would have been about 13 So yeah We'd have been playing School football Because um, that's a football On a Sunday as well Maybe Yeah 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 So yeah So I, I just thought just watching him was brilliant, but um I've got a f- few stats. So when uh, Kenny Dargleish was at Blackburn, he tried to sign Zinedine Zidane and Christophe Duggery from Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. And this was a c- quote from Jack Walker. He said to um, him, he, he said to Dargleish, he said, but why do we need to sign Zinedine Zidane when we've got Tim Sherwood?
0: Someone's been on the Twitter account.
3: Well, that's what I I, look, I looked it up. Yeah, and that's exactly what he said. Uh And well, you just look at one. You can't put Zinnard and Zidane, and Tim Sherwood in the same fucking.
0: Uh, uh, well, Tim by it? You can <laughs> put a, a and Zidane in the same sentence. So is Sherwood any any different? Really? Uh, I just
3: it? said similar style. I said similar style, but they're, them two, there's definitely mm. no. I'm not saying no, either. no, I'm not we all know that Zidane's much better than Tarat. I just <laughs> said who we like.
2: Do we have to clarify that? Is that even the thing? <laughs> I think maybe Jack Walker's um didn't really probably didn't know anything about Zidane if I'm Well, yeah, honest, you know what
3: yeah. I mean. Uh and then obviously yeah, Zidane I, I love watching him growing up. Like, he was just attacking with field brilliant, scored lots of goals. Uh, obviously he joined Real Madrid and he probably won everything a football can offer. Mm. Um, I'd like just another stat flying out there. Like he only won when he was at Real Madrid. He only won. They only won the league once.
2: Would you have loved to see him in England? I'm guessing he would have done, lay And for who would you think would have been able to afford him? I mean, Maybe that's a silly question, but Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah,
3: he would play. He would have played for Arsenal if anyone. He would have suited their style because, uh, yeah, again, another player that I idolised was Dennis Bergkamp.
2: Oh yeah. That's enough hey. forwards, but yeah, that's moves lovely on to Dave as an Arsenal fan. Lee said he'd love to see um Zidane Zan at Arsenal. Dave, you've been an Arsenal fan before you move on to your midfielder. Who comes out of the Arsenal team to fit him in? I mean, it's probably pretty easy, isn't it? anybody, I suppose, there's
1: no, but way, <laughs> he, there's no way, no way Zidane Zan has taken out Gils Grimondi, no <laughs> way. So, um, yeah, there's no room for him. I, I agree with what Jack Walker says. Why would you want to bring Zidane down when we had Gils Grimondi, but um. No, for me, this might shock a few people, but my, the, the one midfielder that made me go, wow, and the moments that he, that he dragged the team up from when they were down in cup finals, he scored great goals. The, the, uh, for me, he's the most complete midfielder England have ever produced. It's, uh Steven Gerrard. It was, was was just unbelievable. Like I say, in the Champions League final against AC Milan, he dragged the team up. He, you know, they're down against West Ham in the FA Cup final. He drags them out of it. You know, uh, Howard's, Gerrard, that's how hard. England 5-1. There's just many moments where Gerrard just popped out of nowhere. And I just think, wow. Like, I would love to have had Gerrard in centre midfield at Arsenal mm. for sure. When he was going to go and sign for Chelsea and pulled out, then he pulled out at the last minute. And they were threatening to blow his house up and all that, wouldn't they? The fans. Yeah. They got older to Gerrard. I mean, they won leagues and everything anyway. Oh, my God. They would have been unreal. So, well, for me, Gerrard,
0: why would they do it for Chelsea?
1: No, well, no, yeah, well, this is it. The, the England thing, like I say, they, they didn't do it They, they the England, the England thing was tough because you had Gerard Skulls and Lampard, and then they would shuffle such uh, skulls out to the left. I think sometimes Gerard went out on the left, wouldn't it? It was just a shambles that was just to just to shoehorn them into the team. But um, like I say, Lampard's goal, don't get me wrong, Lampard was unreal for goals. But for me, the first name in that centre midfield would have been Gerard out of all of them.
0: Ca- I think can, I, the can I ask? Yeah, on, sorry Bill, carry on,
2: go on mate,
0: no, go on. I think he's the closest thing, and I hate to say, in terms of leadership and passion, he's the closest person, if you think there's captains and that motivation, that, that hunger, I think the closest one would have been Gerard to Roy Keane in terms of, you know, when the chips are down and you want something to come out of nowhere, he's one of the people that you look to for inspiration. I think he would be a very close to Keane in terms of that, I would agree.
2: Steven Joe is probably one of the greatest midfielders our country's ever produced. But I'm going to ask you, I'm quite surprised that you've waited to pick a midfielder as your idol that late into the 90s. I would have thought, knowing you from school, I was, I was waiting for you to say Vieira, mate, because you was a big lover of Vieira. And he obviously no. came mid-90s, playing for your side as well. I thought he might have been your idol oh, back oh, in the oh, day, oh, no? he,
1: oh, Yeah, no, no Graham, he, he totally is. Don't get me wrong. I love Vieira. I love Petit. I loved all that 98 team. I just didn't want to go Arsenal heavy. I just wanted to okay, know, just, fair enough. Just, just to have it mixed it up. Like, yeah. I just wanted to show that I actually do think a Joel jail was unbelievable. But I had another player as well, like similar as well. But we like we heard about this player when we were at school. We had not break broken through to West Ham's team or nothing like that at the time. But you remember, oh, I know someone who's mentioned this player and he's, he's meant to be the next best thing. Harry Redknapp said it. You no, know, Joe Cole. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like Joe Cole, right, um, should... Uh, it, the technically ability he had... Uh, like, England was screaming for a player like that. And I've obviously, once he went to Chelsea and I think... Uh, Mourinho trained that out of him I feel I feel that he was a, I feel that he never reached his potential I feel like he had it all like when it comes to technical ability running at players skills and all that that England players England teams had never seen before and I feel like I feel like with him I, I feel like he, did, he didn't He did achieve I, mean, I know he's won Champions Leagues and he's won leagues and all that sort of stuff with Chelsea so he, you know you look at his trophy cabinet but I feel like England should have been basing a team around them two at least. You know, like with Gerard in centre midfield, who, you know, yeah. is the battler, and then a bit of flair. Because we've always struggled. We had Gaza.
2: Since Gaza, I, yeah, I was gonna say since Gazza,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Joe Cole had, had it trained, he was meant to track back for Chelsea, wasn't it? Burino told him that if he don't, he's not in the team and all that sort of stuff. But mm. I feel like he should have had a free role to 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 do unbelievable things. And I feel like he didn't didn't achieve half as much as his talent. Uh, showed uh, all his talent that he had. That, as I say, when I was thinking about this the other day, like what was going to like for this episode, mm. he popped up and I thought, you know, like when he first burst on the scene and he was free to do what he wanted, he was unbelievable.
2: Yeah, no, it was interesting points. I just wanted to do your view on the Joe Cole things, but uh, yeah, before, before we go over the on strike because I'll throw my thing about my um, midfielder. Now, surprising to you to know, it's not going to be Yari Lippmann and, and it's not going to be George Hadji. There are f- to not so much late, but they were more mid 90s. I go back to my early days again, head turners. Um, I remember on the television just before the Premier League started, there was X amount of clips and highlights. Remember, we never had Sky, a bit like you, um, Lee. I mean, Dave and Paul had cable and whatnot. So, any form of football that was on ITV, BBC, my dad had it on. And my midfielder, based on again, Dave, um, the right side of midfielder, um, I played right midfield on a Sunday for Acton, and Whistlers, um. And I used to try and imitate him. I was nowhere near as good as this guy. And I've mentioned him a couple of times in the pods in the past. Um, it's the way he looked, his acceleration, his pace, his power. He had a sort of a mullet, but he was one of 11 foreigners in the Premier League at that stage. Um, and he just, I just used to love watching him. And it was Andre Kunchelskis of Man United. Um, I just hadn't seen a winger like that before. Yes, Stuart Ripley, um, Royal Fox. these the old fashioned types of winger, which Kunchelskis was, don't get me wrong. But there was just something about him that I couldn't take my eyes off him. I remember when he went to Everton and one of our school friends, you guys would know, Louis Sinclair, he was a QPR fan at the time. And we went to QPR Everton at Loftus Road. And I just the 90 minutes I just was watching in Chelsea, he wasn't the same player at Everton as he was at United. Obviously, when he, he went to Fiorentina and Glasgow Rangers as well, he, he wasn't as good. But the pace of the guy, I mean, he used to beat about three people. Not just only did he get that ball into Cantona, Hughes, McLare, he used to cut inside as well. He was memorizing for me. And I, I just used to love watching Andre Any Anytime I could get any sort of footage of him, whether it'd be matching a day, even reading about him, guys. We used to buy the shoot magazine, and match magazine, any form of information on him. It was I was just memor- mesmerized by Andre Konchelskis. Plus, because he played on that right side, you know, he had the sort of the hunchback, didn't he, as well. When the he just looked different from any other, other winger. Plus, being, being foreign at the time, I mean, I think, like I said, he was 1-11 in the and we had a lot of, I think, Danish and Norwegian players and he was Russian. Um, Alex Ferguson took a gamble on him. I think he was found on a VHS tape, play, VHS, VHS tape sorry, playing the under-21s. But, yeah, he was, when I look back, he has a head-turner for me. Obviously, there's been better players to him since. So I've probably, that's what i looked up to, but taken notice of. But my love for football back in those very early 90s probably started with Andy Konchelskis. So what I mean, Paul seems to have disappeared. But Dave and Lee, what, what do you remember of Anik and I mean, uh, uh, Dave, take your bias away from Man United just for a bit. What, what do you remember, about Andre and back in those early days for Manchester United.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah no, I agree with what you say about Andre Kanchelskis. Uh, he was he was rapid and he was mm. so direct. He was so direct, and it was and it was it played into Man United's attack, attack, attack. Because that's what Ferguson mm. was, when he? Was wingers and he was just mm. belting forward, crossing balls, and that's what they were, weren't they? And uh, and he was the epitome of that for me. Um, he was just so direct. It was almost like his head was down, wasn't it? He get yeah, the that's ball, right. his head's down, and he's just running up the line. And so yeah, no, I totally agree with that. With with what you say there, it was just pure pace, pure pace, and just whipping balls in. And, uh, and that's and that's what I, what I remember of Andre Kanchelskis. He was uh, he, uh, he was everything you describe. Yeah.
2: Could you compare a player nowadays? to, I mean, I think we done an episode many moons ago. Lee compared. Um set maximum of Newcastle to him. And I think that's probably the nearest you can get. For that, part, like you've explained, very direct. He did a job, beat three players and bang, bang, bang. But the power and acceleration, it, it's quite unique. Do you not know think? Uh, or...
1: Yeah, no, you don't, you don't see it no more because there isn't wingers like that. You see the more the, the wing backs are doing it now. But even good, so, not, not, not to that, not to the way he was doing it. Like I said, he was mm. just like, like I say, head down and off. He was just, bro, as, as an attacking threat, it was brilliant. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I'm sure, um, yeah, you don't, you probably don't have the assist count these, that went back then, but I'm sure he, he must have, Matt, I've put goals he must have, he must have created from that side, just whipping balls in. He must have been a striker's
2: dream. He's, he had a lot of power as well. Paul, I mean, you're a, you're a Man United fan. Tell me about Andre Because I'm waxing lyrical about him and I don't even support the club, but uh, he, he was my first, probably, if I'm going to say idol as such, he probably was my first idol in football in footballing terms, you know? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, it's what you look for in a player. Um, in terms of, he was it was a hidden gem in some re- respects when we signed him from uh, Shakhtar. I think Shakhtar Donetsk, he come from. Um, yeah, had a good couple of seasons at United, but overall, I think he's an average player personally. Um, and that's why he was moved on. I think there's better players around him. I think he was a bit of a one-trick pony. When he, in what you're saying, the idol, when you saw him, you saw him at the best period possible to see him in, and then he kind of flitted away. Uh, so yeah, I, think, I don't think it's a bad choice. If he was a dynamic winner back in the in the nineties, wanting to be a winger, he would be someone you would definitely want to emulate on a, on a school pitch or a, you know, an eleven-a-side game. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, a, it's a good choice, but just a, a, a average for me over the, over that period in his of his career.
2: So so Lee, the, the midfielders that all three of us have mentioned include your own. Give us a bit of a rundown on what you think of the guys we have got: um Roy Keane, Andy Konchalchuk, and uh, Dave was. Stephen Gerrard, yeah. Just a bit of a rundown, what you think, mate, of our choices. Do you think they've, you know, um, did they reach their potential? Could they've played in other leagues in the world, etc. you know? Just, just keep it brief before we move on to our strikers, mate. Yeah,
3: no, well, I mentioned Zidane, so imagine yeah. that four in the midfield. Um, I don't know who'd go to the left, um, but that would be quite a tasty four. Obviously, you'd have Cancelo on the right. They'll um, probably
1: shoehorn Gerard to the left, like Sven did,
3: yeah, and then, yeah, and then have Keenan Zidane probably in the middle, but yeah, all four, I think, great players. Um, yeah, I know what you lot are saying, yeah, he was, he was an out and out winger, he was fast, he, he did exactly what he was meant yeah, to do, yeah. that makes sense, beat... I remember, I'm ba-
2: I was basing it on an, an, as, a, as a head turner, as an idol, not so much as a world-class player, you know, so yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. So as we have talking to you, Lee, let's let's crack on with our strikers. Um, this is the last position we're going to talk about, the most exciting position we're going to talk about. Um, maybe we can have a debate about our strikers that we pick. so carry on, Lee. Who's your striking idol? Because... Again, I've asked you a couple of times the last two positions. What was your actual position, mate? You're playing defense now, you're playing center mid uh, at school, you're playing behind oh, yeah, the strikers. The race, mate, what the
0: is your, <laughs> hold on, about what was your position? Like he was a he made it, he played where he was told to play. Your yeah,
3: striking
2: well, idol, I'm it's going to be a good one. So,
3: yeah, well, but as you'll know, that, um, when we was at school, I kind of changed alliances for <laughs> one season. I uh, supported the mighty Blackburn Rovers. You've uh, actually
2: admitted it. Davy's admitted it. Yeah.
3: I can't believe well, it. Obviously, I still went to Rangers every fucking game <laughs> that people My mum actually bought me a Blackburn Rovers top for Christmas.
2: Yes, yeah, so um, we all remember that in school, mate. Yeah. The only kid in London to have one, I think.
3: Yeah. So, obviously, big Super Owl. Like, he was my idol. I just loved him. Like... I um I think I was, I was a mascot for QPR away to Southampton, and I think Shira was in. He was in the team. Um, obviously I don't remember him much about then, but he scored goals there. Uh, mm. Blackburn, well, won the league. Um, England. I just wish he never went back to Newcastle and all. That. Uh, I don't like Man United, I can't stand him, in fact, but I do wish that he probably went there, for himself, really.
2: Hmm. Um, he probably thinks it himself,
3: doesn't well, he? he says he doesn't regret it, but I think that's a load of old bollocks.
2: You don't know him personally, so you don't know, but yeah, as we're speaking, crack on with your, your striker, mate. Who was your idol in the 90s, noughties, or even now, mate? Like
3: Paul, sorry sorry to interrupt. Just before,
2: oh, you speak, on, Lee, on, yeah, before
3: you speak, i just got a question to ask you guys, right? So me and my mates are talking about this, uh, talking about obviously Shira's. If you regret anything, like who do you think's had a better career, Jamie Vardy or Harry Kane?
2: Based on trophies, Jamie Vardy for me. Jamie
1: Vardy,
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, this is what I'm asking. But not, you
1: oh, but not only that as well, he's 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 got this where he come up for all the leagues. Jamie Vardy, he's got Same the he's got the, rec- he's got the record for the amount the uh, record amount of goals in the consecutive games. He's got a league and he's
0: got an FA Cup. Strike is difficult. United have had such a, a, a many strikers. I did used to. <laughs> I too. I used to really enjoy watching Darren Huckerby and Paolo Wanchope and uh, Asprilla. That's good
2: Paul. This is what I like to hear. And you've, you've obviously got reasons for it. Yeah, you're just throwing out Andy Cole, Van Nistelrooy, etc. Come on, that's what I like to hear. Come on, mate. Yeah, why do well, you like Paolo Wanchope? I think
0: our, his debut, we came against United and absolutely wrecked us to piece, pieces. I like forwards that were they're not obviously the best in class, but there's just something about them that made you, you know, they, they had a moment of brilliance. One shot on Huckabee, they would have a moment of brilliance in the game, one in seven or eight games, and you, if they just didn't have the consistency to really be world class or you know top top players, but when you watched the one shot, you didn't know where his legs were going to go, you didn't know where mm-hmm. he was the Paolo Di Canio, another one, just enigmas. Uh, for me, enigmas uh, uh, were someone that is you said about head turners. And I think you look at one shot and on his day; he, he could turn your head, you know. and a maverick pull I'd say, wasn't they? Yeah, maverick. maverick. Really he yeah. Just the, the 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 attitude. And uh, Dwight York at Villa prior to coming to United, you know, it just played with a smile on his face, and nothing was a problem. Is all you know, which football should be because you're playing a, 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 your dream job almost, and you should be smiling every game, win or lose. At the end of it, you know, if you if you're in a, an industry you really enjoy. So yeah, Darren Huckabee, Be Paolo Wanchope, uh, Paolo Di Canio. Those kind of players, I really enjoy watching. A um, bit lower down, uh, you know, obviously we said Lee Trundle was, was enjoyable watching. I know you used to like Rob Earnshaw in, in, in Cardiff in the Championship. Yeah, I, I, the top strikers, the top strikers, doing the best teams. But it was those strikers outside of the top. And we said about Dion Dublin before. I think he's one of the top goal scorers in the Premier League in terms of um, consistency. He was always in the top five or six goal scorers. Never got the credit he deserved. Fantastic striker. I could pick up a, a, a few. And obviously you've got Del Piero and Batastuta and players like that. But I would say that I would watch a match of the day that I would enjoy sitting down to watch. And they would normally back end of the show would be a Paolo Wanchop, uh, a Darren Huckabee. That That's what I liked. A head turner is, is for me. But a moment of magic, but you knew they weren't that good enough. But they were inspirational to watch. And when you did that yeah. bit of magic on a, on a field, not that I did it, before David Olin says anything, absolutely not, you know. But on the on the one in one hundred games that I ever play, and I hit, a, a, you know, run past someone and score a goal, it weren't normally United player. I would
2: say it would be Oh Huckabee or One Chop. <laughs> Dave, are you going to go obvious for yours? Are you going to surprise us, mate? Who did you think I was going to say, Graham? Right, they don't say right. But Paul Ujwetny is going to say Smudger, Ian right Alan Smith, Ian Wright, I'm Graham Burkham.
3: <laughs> no,
2: Tony Yaboa. <laughs> <laughs> <Da, da, da.
1: laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm talking to Tony Boa. I do love seeing his roles Pop up every now and again Them ones that he hit When they hit the bar And in i never get boring, does it? like that it That it just it Used to always well, Every time Ab- you hit abdul the bar me me, He done one down, back, down back. In fucking Barn Elms He's still living Ab- off what? that Is he Ab- Ab- Mir, ooh,
3: Ab- ooh. Down Ab- oh, yeah he
1: did, Yeah I <laughs> remember that one With Ab- <laughs> abdul Yeah But you know every time You hit the bar And it went down on the line You know you shouted out your boa. Everyone shouted <laughs> at you, Bowen. It hit under the side of the bar, hit the line, you, Bowen. Love uh, it. Uh, That's good. But uh, no, I love the I love the Aspria shout for Mickey as well. When he when he had it off against Barcelona and picked up the corner flag, like nights like that, brilliant. Mm. But no, a personal one, Ian Wright. I love Ian Wright because he was the when I was young, he was the he was the goal machine. But the personal one for me. And it's more for my dad. Is Henrik Larson. Henrik Larson, for me. It, it just every time I see stuff, anything to do with it, it just brings back memories of me going, going to watch the, the the Champions League nights with my dad. Stuff that I'll never forget. So as a personal one for me, it's uh it's it's Henrik Larson. He was fucking hell. He was unbelievable. And uh, but it's it's more than that. Like I said because we're doing personal idol, idols. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. And uh, it just brings any time he ever flashes up, it just brings me back memories of me and my dad.
2: Do you do you wish you'd seen him earlier on in the Premier League, Dave? Do you reckon he suck around at Celtic too long? Or yeah, long? I, yeah, I would have liked to
1: have seen. I liked to him gone anywhere but Man United. I mean, Jesus. But yeah, no, I would have liked. Yeah, he, like but like the Canio and that did, and Cadet. One season, realised mm. that they, you know, they can get a move and go. But I can see why he stayed. And like I say, we spoke about it before in the Scottish episode. He's like a god there.
2: No, can I just ask you, Sit with Henry Larson, I think that's a great show. It's, a, it's got to be one of the barga- best bargains ever. I think, didn't they pay like, um, I, 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 got, I haven't got a Google in front of me. It was like something like 350,000 from 300 final. Or something.
1: Thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But when we talk about the SPL, I think we discussed it before, I think Lee bought it up one time. When you talk about Paul Gascoigne in the SPL at the same time as Larson, he sort of gets slated at being able to do the good things well in a shit league, as people t- say it, which I don't agree with. But Henrik yeah. Larsson gets praise for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you think that's a fair analysis? What's your general take on it? Is Gascoigne being unfairly treated? Whereas Henrik Larsson, by not so much just Celtic fans, but any sort of neutral, when Larson scores, you sort of look up and think, he's world-class doing this, that, and the hour on the SPL. But Gascoigne was sort of looked down upon? Do you yeah, I, they, I
1: just, I, they probably just thought that Gascon should, should, should be doing better, I think. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas when they look at Larson, they're like, we're lucky to have him. You know what I mean, and then every season that he stayed, they were like, "Bloody hell, we're lucky to keep him." And it was just one of them. Whereas it was almost like a downgrade for Gaza going there. And then when he performed there, it was like, "Well, he's expected to perform there because it's such a shit league." But I think I think that they were just they were just happy to have Larson there, and just and every time and every time he stayed, it was like, "Oh, you know," it, it, they were just they were just, just, just they were just over the moon that he was staying there, and he and he did he stayed there for a long time. Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, like you said
2: before, kids, people are naming their children after him still. Oh, stay, God, they? yeah,
1: they are, yeah old mm. Henrik there's about, about 500 million Henrik's in Scotland but um, <laughs> but, but yeah Henrik no, is about... the
2: equivalent of the UK's Mohammed, is he <laughs>
1: <Scotland>. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah the, Mohammed is the most popular name in the world and second is Henrik <laughs> but uh, but yeah so it, like I say it's he it was a great player anyway and we all know this and we've spoke about it before but it's just it's just more memories for me and my dad like I say we yeah. used to go down we down the Princess Fig which is the end of our road every every other Wednesday or Tuesday night and he'd be having it off against you know like some you know like when they were playing Liverpool, or they were playing Man United, but Nakamura scored that free kick and they won one nil. And yeah. like you've Scottish fans are the best, the Celtic fans are the best fans in the world. And like for nights like that in the pub, with fucking beers are thrown through the air. You, I, you just, I've just never seen anything like it. So it's just mm. up for me.
2: And I know.
1: The, the, fact, the fact that I got to do it with my dad as well, you know what I mean.
2: That's a great analysis. Dave. I'm just gonna, before we end the episode, I'm just to move on to mine now. It's been I've, I've really enjoyed this. Um, you've smallest words out mouth when you mentioned your dad. It's exactly the same for me. Um, of my dad's Irish and stuff, uh, but this, the Scottish thing—they are the best. They're one of the best fans in the world. I mean, they they like a drink, but they don't cause any trouble. We're massive fans of boxing, and you know, it's touched on modern day sport when Josh Taylor fights that flower of Scotland, and when they all come out in Glasgow, it's tingling. I'm not even Scottish, and I love it. But going back to the dad thing and my eyes of striker goes straight back again to very early nineties, believe it or not, it's not going to be Yari Litman or not Alan Shearer, any of those guys. It was when I referred to the non-having, not having the sky or the cable is football Italia from 1992, always on the television on a Sunday. They had the top, as Lee's mentioned before in the past, They had the top teams on. They had AC Milan, they had Inter Milan, they had Lazio, Sabdoria, Forentina. And for me, the head-turner again, the hairstyle, the stubble, the power, the acceleration, the hard-working, the ripping and net, the ac- acrobatic goals, the bicycle kicks, you name it, it's got to be batty goal for me. My idol as a striker in the 1990s was Gabriel Batistuta. Um, never missed Football Italia, even when I played Sunday League football. I used to record um, Football Italia, take the VHS up to my bedroom when I got home just to make sure I watched the games. It was that one game of the week that I actually watched. And we used to speak about it at school. Um, especially especially me and Lee, if I remember right, because we didn't we wasn't, we didn't have Sky, we didn't watch the Super Sunday game, so we never saw any of it. We only saw the highlights on the Saturday on match today. But Matt, it may sound a bit obvious, but watching from nineteen nine, probably nineteen ninety-two when it started up to about nineteen ninety-nine in that period, Gabriel Batassute for me was the ultimate striker. Um, everything he did was, he's just one of those players you couldn't take your eyes off. He was up front of Oliveira. He had balls coming from Effenberg, Loundrop, um, Rui Costa. Florentina was my favourite team at the time. So, yeah, lads, a personal choice would be Gary Batastuta, One of the best of all time. He's a better strikers. we know there are. I'm not going to phone him because they're not my idols, but it for me. So, yeah. Um, any guy, before we before we say goodbye, any thoughts on Battistuta? And then... Chuck your in with you, lots guys. Who was the best out of all we've mentioned? Do you think best players or best strikers? Um, Paul. We weren't. Any Huckab- thoughts?
0: When you're mentioning how goal, Huckabee or uh, <laughs> they're not getting anywhere near it. Let's be fair. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll just mention it as as I've done in each position. Um, my Queens Park Rangers um, personal fave was Ted old God. John Spencer.
1: <laughs> I knew that I, that I was, was nice. gonna. I was gonna say. How the hell has he not been mentioned?
0: Yeah. yeah.
3: I love old Johnny Spencer. Like he was he's there for only for like two seasons, but his first season when he came, like he had 25 appearances, 17 goals. He was just like goal. I just loved him. Like he's only little but he was he was little, but you know what? Like he put his foot in, he was shifty, he was nippy, like quality little striker. But yeah, big Al. He's my he was my idol. Okay.
2: So there we go, guys. Um, hope you've enjoyed our episode today on our footballing idols. Get in touch with us on our Twitter page and Instagram page. Tell us what you think. We've ended the show with Shearer there, we start the show with David Seaman. So, there's a few 90s legends in there, a few personal um idols there. But, yeah, um, I've enjoyed today. Um, so tune in for next week and uh, we'll bring you another fantastic episode from the Phoenix Five. Hope it's all five of us, but uh, have a good week and we'll see you next week, guys. Bye bye.